200 accredited courses and more than 1,000 videos, the Police One Academy is a powerful online solution that provides department training programs with features that reduce time spent on records and policy management, credential tracking, and more. It is law enforcement training made simple and effective. For more information and to get a 30-day trial, visit www.policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Hello and welcome back to Policing Matters on PoliceOne.com. I'm your host for today, Jim Dudley. And uh, today we're talking about the coronavirus or COVID-19, as we're calling it now, the super super flu that we hear more about uh, each and every week and actually every day. So uh, we want to wonder, we, we, we often wonder, what is the threat to first responders? Well, today we're fortunate to have as our guest, Rob Lawrence. And Rob Lawrence is our Police One and EMS One resident health expert. He has a background in leadership in the United Kingdom and in the United States. He has a United Kingdom military career and has served as chief operating officer in the EMS industry. Welcome, Rob. Can you give us an update on uh, your recent work covering COVID-19? Yeah, well, in, in the first instance, Jim, I'm the spokesperson for the American Ambulance Association. Uh, and I'm also sitting on one of the NHTSA uh, slash CDC COVID-19 work groups. So I'm kind of sitting and listening uh, into the center of what's being discussed and what's happening. So I've kind of got a bit of an ear on on the situation so far. So what's happening at the moment? Obviously, we are seeing on the news that, uh, you know, there, there, there's a slight spread in uh, the places where it's being identified. Uh, as you probably well know, there, there's a, a well-documented reported-on case of first responders, including uh, two, I think, law enforcement officers that are in isolation now in Kirkland in Washington State. Uh, and, of course, that's happened out of an abundance of caution just to make sure that everybody's OK and everybody's monitored. Um, and that, that particular uh, residential home ha had a sort of history of, of, of the COVID. And so therefore, anyone that had been in contact with anybody out of, out of cautions being being isolated. And so that's kind of going on. Um, the, the things that uh, we are focusing on, or, or, or they, should I say, are focusing on, are things like the supply chain to make sure that, that you know, and as, as they said on the conference call yesterday, first responders first, to make sure that there are enough supplies, enough PPE, uh, enough, uh, you know, protective equipment to make sure that we have all the things that we need to do. When I say we, I'm talking about public safety, of course, police and uh, EMS and, you know, our, our colleagues in public health and, and fire as well to do what we need to do on the front line. So clearly the supply chain and making sure we're not at the back of the line is something that uh, that's being focused on in the center right now. Sure. So it, I know you're at the center uh, in Tampa now and, and your, your information's fresh. Uh, in doing research for, for the call and for, the, uh, for an article, um, I found that uh, the CDC and the Department of Homeland Security through FEMA have put out some cursory information for law enforcement officers, as well as fire and public yep. health, as you say. Um, but the CDC's preliminary cursory recommendations um, talk about disposable gloves, gowns, respiratory protection by means of a, quote, N95 mask or higher, end quote, and uh, eye protection. So on cdc.gov, uh, 
backslash coronavirus 2019. There's a lot of information. Um, and, and some of the other um, articles I looked at from uh, University of South Carolina talked about uh, recalling uh, lessons uh, directly as they dealt with law enforcement in these hostile uh, biohazard uh, environments. And then finally, um, FEMA.gov, again, through uh, Department of Homeland Security, they've got a really great uh, checklist that I think goes back to earlier uh, pandemic flu uh, threats. And they talk about uh, exactly what you're talking about. Brief early, brief often, uh, triage your workload. Um, I've got some other tips uh, regarding law enforcement, but what can you tell us, what can you tell our law enforcement audience? What can we expect in the coming weeks, both uh, short-term and, and long-term, if you can? Well, I think, first of all, from an operational perspective, what is happening in our PSAPs and uh, our public safety answering points, whether they be, you know, the police-oriented PSAPs or indeed, you know, organizations where you have firebase and police operating, they are now working on a protocol, the majority of the country now are working on a protocol where they will ask a number of key questions of the callers to see if there is a history of either travel to the countries that have been identified as the high risk countries, or indeed if the person calling has had contact with someone that may have traveled to those countries. And, and of course, the key thing here is to, if we can identify this early, then, and whether it's police, whether it's a police call, whether it's a fire or EMS call, to work out if there is any risk to anybody and everybody prior to the call. So th there is some key work going on right now with call centres, with PSAPs, first of all, to make sure that they're asking the right questions. And there are a number of protocol changes that are going on across the country again to help us do that, which gives us all some degree of notice before we go into that situation, whether it's going into a patient and again, if, if it's a patient encounter from a, from an EMS perspective, sending one person in and not the whole fire crew uh, to sort of, you know, check the scene. And I, I would imagine the same now if we have our, our law enforcement colleagues going in, you know, unless, of course, it's a situation that warrants a, a, a sort of en masse entrance to the building or the room or whatever, then sending somebody in first just to make sure that, you know, all things are as they should be. And so that guidance, and we hope that our call centre professionals are able to kind of help us narrow down a little bit uh, what's going on out there. And so we, we, we're a bit more prepared because the, the, the worst thing that can happen, of course, is going into a situation where you haven't, you're not prepared and you're then faced with the patient that may well have some sort of infection um, and actually any infection when it comes to that. I mean, infection is infection. Uh, to make sure that we are doing our best to make sure that we're safe in order to get on to the next call. So that's really, you know, a, a priority that's going on right now, which will help us all on the street do what we do. Sure. And and the DHS recommendations are, are just that, what you said, keep your distance, train personnel to look, look what to look for, keep safe dis distances and allow trained medical personnel to uh, deal with people um, that are symptomatic. But uh, when it comes down to it, um, law enforcement's going to have to deal with uh, prisoner security, courtroom security, prisoner transport, detention, and then isolation. And um, typically, uh, large and small uh, agencies aren't um, equipped to deal with that. So um, do you see EMS personnel becoming more involved in uh, assisting with prisoners? 
Um, in some places now, I mean, I, I'm out in California, as you, I'm, like you, I live in California. Uh, usually, I'm just in Florida for a, for a conference. But um, you know, there are cases where EMS are involved with the transport of of what we call in California the 5150s, for example. So those those individuals that are not incarcerated but are actually you know deemed to need some sort of assistance and and and, and transport to healthcare. Um, I think that. Uh, in terms of corrections, that there are sort of two types of medical support to corrections right now. One is having their in-house medical support, or indeed the other the other version is 911, and the, the paramedic will go in. So we're kind of involved to a degree. But I think that the, the key point here, Jim, is that whether you're in a large agency or indeed a small agency, the the key here is partnership and collaboration, and working firstly, even if you're even if you're a police department, working in train with your local emergency support functions within the EOC and public health, uh, who will have access to the latest information and information. It's a fluid situation right now, actually. And so therefore, you know, there may be some more guidance and information tomorrow or the next day. And so therefore to be a part of that collective that kind of leads into, uh, you know, public safety, public works, all the, all the usual, the usual sort of players in an in a EOC and ESF structure being a part of that will then give you access to advice, guidance, and also equipment. Of course, well, the other thing that's being discussed right now is, you know, moving and issuing regional caches, caches of, of equipment. Mm. So, but the key, the key thing is, is the collaboration. You know, we're not individuals in this. We're actually working as a public safety collective, and that has to be, you know, the message whether you're a big or small department. Right. Now. Um... <clears throat> When when we tell um, uh, law enforcement and other first responders to take care of their families, uh, make sure they're all set, um, wear clean uniforms uh, at work, get, get rid of or, or wash the dirty ones um, quickly, don't wear them home, um, and fireproof your family. Have you heard anything on the horizon for uh, vaccines? Are there vaccines being developed? And would law would law enforcement be on the front lines to to get them first? So as of right now today, there are no vaccines that are prepared. And of course, what's ha been happening for the last month since we've had this way back in Wuhan is the the public health people, the epidemiologists, the biologists are working towards developing some therapeutics and some vaccinations to give. Um, I don't think, as of today, they're there yet. Um, but obviously, once they do get there, then, of course, they'll have to be a priority of vaccination. Where we are in the United States, though, is actually getting out the test kits now mm -hmm. to, to public health departments in order to test for it. And so that's been a recent development that we now, we now start, we're now starting to see areas where we can effectively test for it so we know that we have it but from a vaccine vaccine perspective we're not there yet so that brings us back to those things that we in in the ems world call the universal precautions which are doing the basic things and i'm going to say you know hand washing is absolutely key uh and again maintaining that barrier between you and the, the person if you if you possibly can uh are absolutely absolutely key and uh, you know we, we're seeing a lot of people I, i've traveled through a number of airports in the last 48 hours um you know and there, there are people that are wearing masks people that are wearing you know things that look like masks um but obviously we must make sure that we have the appropriate protective equipment uh 
and that to to achieve that of course it's it's making sure that that that, that we're working in partnership to make sure we have the right stock to do that so no vaccine yet so therefore we have to just be vigilant and take precautions uh to protect our own workforce okay all right i think in in closing unless you have something else rob i think uh, i've heard you say it before uh three most important things are wash your hands wash your hands wash your hands uh and come out with your hands clean uh and i think that that serves as uh, on the job and at home as well. So, um, any any last words, Rob? Well, I think I think just to sort of add to the hand washing piece. Of course, what we just wash your hands and try and try and uh, avoid, you know, touching your face mm-hmm. as well um, with with you know whether the hands are washed or not. And of course, that's where the transmission is getting in. And and you know, people are spend a lot of time, you know, whether it's combing your hair or you know, rubbing your chin or whatever you do. I mean, people do kind of touch their touch their faces a lot. And so, again, it's just trying to, you know, create a barrier. And so in addition to watch, you know, washing your hands, you know, don't don't be rubbing, rubbing your face all the time or, or that sort of thing. Because, again, that's just just to reduce the chance of, you know, of infection. Sure. I appreciate it. Rob, thank you so much for taking the time. Pleasure, sir. Listeners, listeners, thank you for listening. And you will see links to uh, some of the things that we're talking about where you can sign up for uh, daily alerts through uh, uh, DHS and uh, EMS and uh, some tips for law enforcement as well as uh, fire and EMS responders. Rob, thanks so much. Jim, a pleasure. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll talk again soon. Okay, thank you.